Hey everybody, welcome back to the Tribe Podcast. It's me, Corinne. Hey guys, it's Tavy. And on today's episode, we were going to talk about Massage Noir. Now, me and Tavy, we mentioned this briefly in the colorism episode, and we were thinking that this would be a good topic to talk about because there is a lot to discuss when it comes to this. Where do I even start? Do you do you think we should just start with like the definition of what massage noir even means? For anybody who doesn't know, massage noir is kind of like a like a derivative of the word misogyny. Misogynoir is misogyny directed towards Black women, where race and gender both play roles and bias. The term was coined by queer Black feminist Moya Bailey, um, who created the term to address misogyny directed towards Black women in American visual and popular culture. I can, I can explain more um, if you want. Oh yeah, sure. <laughs> so this definition comes directly from blackburncenter.org. Blackburn Center is an organization that was established in 1976 to provide help to victims of domestic and sexual violence. Their mission is to advocate for the rights of individuals to live freely and to educate about all types of violence. There was a Massage Noir article highlighting Moya Bailey's coined term, which is published during Black History Month in 2020. That is where we pulled this definition for massage noir. It comes from the word misogyny, which already in itself is extreme sexism. Mm -hmm. I also wanted to tell you guys a little bit about Moya Bailey without getting too deep, just so we have some more context before we get into today's topic. So Moya Bailey is an African-American feminist scholar, writer, and activist. She's notable for creating the term massage noir, which we just told you guys what it meant. But this, again, is a specific form of discrimination experienced by Black women. She's also an assistant professor at Northeastern University. And also, her most recent work is titled Massage Noir Transformed, Black Women's Digital Resistance. It is set to be released May 25th, 2021. So it is available for pre-order. I actually really want to check this book out because when we talk about Massage Noir today, we are going to be dissecting a lot of different layers and unpacking different areas. So I cannot wait to see what she has to say about this in this book. I haven't read any of her works in the past. This will definitely be an interesting read and I will be more than happy to come back on here and update everyone, all of our listeners about what this work entails. So Corinne and I obviously feel very strongly about this topic. Massage Noir is something that I think anyone listening to this podcast right now who is a black woman has felt in some area of her life, some industry, some role that she's played in a relationship you were all victims of this. And the, the point is that we shouldn't be. And we have Moya Bailey to thank for someone to actually clearly articulate what it is we were already feeling. So when preparing for today's episode, Corinne and I were breaking down some different areas that we wanna go a little bit deeper into. We will be talking about black men in general. Then we will actually go into toxicity within black relationships and analyze what that is. We also will talk about some stereotypes. We will be mentioning those later and Healthcare is another huge trigger point for massage noir to fester. And later on in the episode, we actually want to go into a discussion involving the transgender community because Corinne has found some sources that speak to how massage noir is also prevalent within the transgender community. And she will tell us more about that later as well. So without me rambling on, uh, Corinne, you can begin. Okay, so for first one, Black men. I noticed in the past couple of months, especially online, I've been on Twitter way more than I should, but I've been on Twitter and social media a lot to where I noticed like a lot of things going on in pop culture, like, you know, the relationship problems between celebrities and like, you know, the discourse of, you know, um, just black women in general being in luxury like that was a big topic for a long time which i'm gonna get there and like <laughs> <laughs> and like you know and just trying to really there's been an ongoing trend of, of black women just being like the epitome of beauty at least from my perspective i mean in my own experience i've known you know the features that I have and me being a black woman, I mm -hmm. feel like it's beautiful. Like, I, you know how some people say the standard of beauty in America, which it still is, is, is like a white woman, which, you know, as time has went on and as we know it today in this generation, black women are considerably held higher than what they were, you know, let's say 40, 50 years ago. And I noticed that a lot of 
a, a big majority, because I don't want to say all of them, a big majority of Black men have a kind of a trend to kind of diminish the feelings of Black women when it comes to certain things. Just to name a few examples that I've seen so far. I remember on Twitter, I can't really coin who specifically because it's happened so much, but there has been women who have expressed that they may be dealing with something emotionally that may be tearing them down or they feel like they're in a bad space in a relationship or, you know, or they're just angry about something. And I've noticed that a lot of Black men have come to the defense of whoever could have been causing this problem to make this person, to make this woman angry. They'll say, well, what did you do in this situation? Are you sure this is how it went? Gaslighting. Yeah, gaslighting is basically trying to see, okay, is she being loud, obnoxious, angry? You know, the stereotypes and stuff. Like, did she do something to warrant this experience? Exactly. And then there's the other ones, which are my personal favorite, are Black women in luxury. That one is rich. Oh, let's talk about that. Let's, (laughs) Let's talk about, let's talk about Black women in luxury. Yes, there is a lot of Black women nowadays who have very high, um, what is it? Earnings. Incomes? High earnings for making, I would say high earnings, like they're making well over six figures is a lot more. Yeah, and they're obviously spending that money on themselves Mm -hmm. and they're spoiling themselves as they should. Theory of who? (laughs) <laughs> and like you know, you know being able, here for this you, exactly like you know being able to kind of like earn their own money and use it however they want to right and like you know taking vacations whenever they can just getting their hair done whenever they can and it just appalls me when i see a lot of men on there who say things that has no correlation to what is being posted. Like a girl could mm-hmm. literally be posting herself on the beach somewhere, like a summer glow. Literally, she's mm-hmm. just living her best life. Right. Someone comes and comments underneath and is like, you know, I bet you she wouldn't do this for her man. What the? Ah! Where, did you, where did you come from? Where did that like, come from? I'm she goes, she goes, bitch, I'm gay. You <laughs> <laughs> damn straight would do it for my man. I'll do it for my girlfriend though. <laughs> you know, like it's like you don't That's know what she. <laughs> Oh, I would live for that moment. I know y'all would be funny, but like, you know, they will be the first one to say something like that, but then newsflash, like the person's not even into him. Mm-hmm. And it is a lot of men who who are- Entitled? <sighs> entitled. And <laughs> I don't know why I'm walking on eggshells with this because I'm trying so hard not to like coin everybody in the same corner, mm-hmm. but I've seen it so much to the point where it's hard not to be like- All of y'all. Yeah, it's hard not to say it's every single person when you see it, it happens too much. And it's not even just happening with the same five people. No, this is happening a lot with a whole lot of Black men who have- And it's global. It's definitely global. It is a global thing. And it's not an American thing, which I've seen that a lot too. It's, it's, it's definitely a, a worldwide thing. And I noticed that a lot of men have had this trend of doing this to, but I say darker skinned Black women. Yes, yeah. They they do this a lot to women who are a lot darker or who are more unambiguously Black. I hope I said that right. They seem to have this vendetta against them because they feel like, you know, it's like a feeling of like they owe them something. And what I'm trying to get at, which I'm gonna move into this, I notice that men who aren't specifically, now I'm not saying all Black men have to be attracted to Black women, but I noticed this trend of Black men who aren't attracted to Black women. It's never coming from a place of, oh, they're beautiful too, but this is just a preference of mine. It comes from a place of hate and um, criticism. It's always like, I don't like her because they're loud, ghetto. They remind me of animals. I've heard a lot of fucked up shit. When it comes to black men being attracted as a black woman, they have all of these criticisms and it has nothing to do with being in a relationship. Mm -hmm. It's kind of interesting because a lot of these men have mothers and and black family members, because you have to wonder, and they seem to have this reoccurring conversation all the time. So what do you think about about that? Because I got like a thousand thoughts in my head going right now, girl. I have so many going on in my head as well. I will say that this part of the conversation that we're having is never going to end at this point. We, everybody, we, we all come back to this same space where we're just like, why do black men in a general way tend mm-hmm. to say they don't like us because of insert stereotypical things that make us into a monolith and discredit all the diversity that is within us as human beings in general. 
as right. different types of black women. We all are so different. And just because this woman is louder and is more outspoken doesn't make her angry or mean or a bitch. She's someone who carries herself in a way where she just demands respect. And just because she is quiet doesn't make her any less worthy. And just because she shows her skin doesn't make her a whore. And just because that black girl is telling you about yourself doesn't mean your Latina girlfriend's not gonna tell you about yourself or your white girlfriend's gonna tell you about yourself. It's just gonna sound a little different. That's all we say the same. Hi guys, it's Corinne, and for this artist of the week, I have this artist named Yasnir, Y-O-S-N-I-E-R, and he is a digital artist. He creates a lot of work that's made through, I think, Adobe Illustrator. He has a couple accounts, and I found his work really interesting, and it's, it's all of it's very cohesive and very specific, and um, me and Tabor were actually talking about this, we were saying how his work is really resemblant to like tarot cards so if you're really into like the artwork that like goes into making like different oracle decks or tarot decks this is kind of like the artwork he makes he has more links to like his etsy shop and cryptocurrency accounts where you kind of sell your artwork online a lot of those links are to his twitter his instagram he doesn't really use it as much but it still has a lot of his work on there as well too once again like his app name on twitter which is the most active one he uses it at y-o-s-n-i-e-r underscore and a couple of his accounts is there's one called the foundation app there's another one called super rare he has also just a regular account with his work on it and he also lastly has his etsy shop which is also linked to his account i found him through twitter a couple of months ago when i was trying to figure out where to post my artwork and kind of like see where the audience lies so far as he putting my work out there and trying to gain an audience on my work too and i kind of came across his account because apparently there is a large community of visual artists or digital artists that are on twitter that share their work and try to make threads to share other people's work to kind of get their work out there because they know about the algorithm and how hard it is to kind of support yourself when you are coming up as a digital artist his work is really cool the most recent one he did is called moonstone that's the one that looks most like a tarot deck it kind of looks like the two of cups another favorite of mine is one that he did of SZA and her hit different video it was at the end when she was doing good days but it was like the first version of it not the newest video that just came out and he did like a portrait of her and that one's my favorite as well this is my artist for artist of the week thank you same thing we're right. people we're humans so that whole aspect always breaks my heart and in fact it's kind of also funny when we talk about this how men love to be able well specifically black men because we're talking about massage noir here love to say this this and this and this and this about black women what they do and what we don't do and why we're not worthy of them and why they don't like us and da, da. and then we spent our years we spent time fighting that and trying mm -hmm. to prove and lessen ourselves or become more agreeable to these men to accept the mistreatment it has bled for some of us to become pick-me's and then some of us said well if it then i'm yeah. not looking for <laughs> any guy who has my skin tone which yeah. ended up being like this um causing colorism in mm -hmm. some ways it helps to perpetuate that too but then also it i think it made black women and i, I want to generalize in this way i think correct me if i'm wrong anyone listening to this podcast today I think it makes us Black women look at the content of a person's character thoroughly first before we mm. embark in any relationship. The ones of us who aren't pick me, pick me, pick me, eh, eh, eh. the ones yeah. of us who are steadfast and focused and know what we want in a person because we're looking at what they do, who they are, what they believe in, their values, their ethics, their code, how they were brought up. Maybe the languages they speak, maybe the things that they know, we're looking at that beyond, oh, is he black? They're not looking at those things. We're looking at who's gonna treat us right? Who's gonna give us the love that we're so neglected at having? Who's gonna give us our time, be our peace? And we have spent so long not being loved by our own men. So then when we do meet Brad, who <laughs> is not looking at us with the jungle fever, with the ignorance, but he's 
allowing us, or I shouldn't say allow, because I don't mean allow with, with the word, like saying, giving me permission to, but I can be all that I am and all of my personality, all of my roughness, all of my sweetness in this relationship. And I don't have to feel like a stereotype and this is who I'm with. Or if I'm with Santiago and he just so happened to be Hispanic and I'm black, but it's not a discussion of he's with me because I'm not a Latina. He's with me because I'm Tavy. Right. And he loves me for who I am. That's who I want on my team. I've looked for black men specifically to show me the love I deserve. I didn't get that, but it didn't, it didn't turn me off all the way from them. But I mean, you know, that saying like, you made your bed, you lie in it. Mm -hmm. I'm saying all this to say, it's really hilarious how majority of black men get so offended when we decide we don't want to fight them anymore we will take the high road and go where we are wanted where we are accepted mm -hmm. and then with that ends up being men that don't look like them anymore yeah. men who look the opposite of us who give us everything that we deserve and more and it's beyond aesthetics so mm -hmm. that's how i feel about that like yeah what you what you put out is what you're going to get back so if you want a black woman to love you for who you are don't disrespect your mother your auntie yourself because right. that's deep rooted that has nothing to do with us everything to do with that man and he really thinks he's right right and uh, thank you for adding for that i agree with everything that you just said and it made me think about a couple of things that i've seen in the past like week about the whole topic of black women going where they're wanted and just like and and black men kind of having this trend of, of um, um like i said it's not i hate using the word attack and, and that's the funny part that's what i wanted to bring up let's just kind of rewind and like let's do like a little history like little you know history walk um <laughs> what is it memory lane there we go mm -hmm. that's what it's called but <laughs> okay so you want to walk down memory lane okay yeah so basically during the civil rights movement there was a trend of a lot of black women who were very supportive in being by black men's side and fighting the fight of trying to get basic human rights within the mm -hmm. black community and not only within the civil black community rights. yeah within other marginalized communities as well they were a big part of the fight they weren't talked about as much but they were a very big part of the fight it wasn't just angela davis and some of the few that we know it was a mm -hmm. lot of just wives and and aunts and mothers and and sisters of these very important male civil rights activists even going down the line mm -hmm. with the black panther party you could even see that too no matter what was happening you will always see this kind of strong dynamic between a black woman and a black man right. in those types of settings. I think the reason why these things are kind of like going in the opposite direction is because, and it sounds really bad, as time went on, I feel like a lot of them felt like because they were there for this person, that that was the notion that you have to always be there. A black woman has to be there for a black man or you have to be there if you're not in a heterosexual relationship, if you're even in like a, a gay relationship, you have to be there with another black person because nobody else will understand you. Nobody else mm -hmm. will, will get what you're going through besides that other person. Right. And I think that's where that loyalty comes from when you're talking about being with someone who also is black. But I feel like it's kind of reversing itself because it, it turned from being like, okay, you're doing this out of love and admiration and everything to being like, you have to do this. <laughs> and it caused a lot of men to kind of take out those frustrations on black women because they feel like they were forced into this narrative that they may not agree with so their only other way to kind of express that feeling was through hate through like saying okay well i don't like black women because x y and z not because oh this is the other thing that i prefer or even because of other things and down the line like maybe there was um someone some male in their family probably told them it was okay to talk down on black women to be honest with you these are just my opinions i wish i knew the scientific philosophical philosophical that that's what Oh, okay, I wish okay. I knew the philo philosophical like explanation as to why and where misogynoir actually came from. And maybe that's reading that book would actually help. But right. that's my understanding of how that works. And also I wanted to talk about, I think this kind of goes into our next topic that we wrote down, which was toxicity in Black relationships. 
And I think that comes from what I just mentioned, which is kind of like that, that notion that you have to be with someone who is of the same race as you because nobody else will understand you. And I wanted to elaborate on that because I can personally feel that, but I realize as time goes on and as I get older, that it has nothing to do with the skin color. It has to do with, like you said, like the understanding and what they know about basically you as a person. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, massage, I was going to say not to change the topic again, you mm-hmm. know, misogyny, a lot of dictionaries would best describe it as like hatred of women. So when yeah. you think of misogynoir, it's like this extreme hatred of black women. Yeah. But it's misogynoir in my opinion, I would say it might even be an objective statement, but misogynoir is a projection of one's own dislike and misunderstanding of, of who they are as an individual. And it's comprised of views that have been conditioned and kind of beaten into these people, specifically Black men, like innately by either their own race or by what they view in uh, Hollywood or the media. It's all conditioned. Mm -hmm. And they have to... So with with the relationships, as you were talking about, the whole toxic thing, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's already breeding ground for relationships to end up quite bad yeah and it could even and it doesn't even have to be just a a black relationship it could be interracial relationships too because i mean we did talk about that on season one like what what makes a relationship a black relationship yeah yeah, that is true (laughs) because what yeah it honestly really it's like what makes it a a black relationship and i notice a lot of people online and i get it because it is such a beautiful thing to be able to connect with someone and like the history behind being with someone of the same race especially being Mm -hmm. black is like a it's it's a beautiful thing because it was hard to kind of keep us together and like going even further back with like slavery and people getting separated from their families you know and just horrible things just happening and then history just down the line just keeping that same separation of people getting you know murdered and lynched and and then the prison system just made it even worse and it just keeps going on and repeating itself so i completely understand and get the whole thing but like to be able to kind of understand that type of love you have to understand that it doesn't only have to come from one place and it can come from other places too Mm -hmm. with interracial relationships i was thinking about the fact that there are some men who do voice for example Let's just use a pop culture reference. Voice their opinions on why they think other Black women are not suitable for them to their counterparts who are not Black, which I don't understand. Mm-hmm. But if, you know, a good example is, I don't know if y'all know who she is, um, Danny Lee and <laughs> the baby, that whole situation. Um, she I guess made a we whole... should provide context for those who don't know, but they should at this point. I mean, it's like one of those shade room headliners. It is, but for the people who don't know, Danny Lee is a musical artist, quote unquote, and the baby is a rapper. Was that shade? I mean, you know, she be singing or whatever. Um, <laughs> what's that song she did with Chris Brown? Um, that's the only song I like of her is that she did with Chris Brown. I don't remember the name, but it's that song when they were really dancing together in the studio. It yeah, was I know cute. What she's talking about. That's the only song I've ever heard of hers that I knew of before this situation you're about to talk about happened. Mm-hmm. And that, and I knew her for like one other song too that I liked on one of her old albums, but I ended up not liking it anymore after this whole debacle. But so Danny Lee is a musical artist, and her and the baby have been on and off talking for months. If you're listening to this now, this is probably old news or this something that happened way before. I think like about two months ago. But Danny Lee is, and this is where we need to have like the quick little race and ethnicity talk. She is. Puerto Rican or Cuban. She's one of those two. And Mm -hmm. she tried to claim blackness. Danny Lee is not black. She is white. Now, for people who do not know, you can be white and you can also be Puerto Rican or Cuban. You can you can be any of these ethnicities. Like you could be Dominican and white. You can be Jamaican and white. Yeah, apparently she is Dominican. Like I think purely Dominican, but her roots must be European Dominican. She's not one of those Dominican people that, you know how like we always say, well, if you're Dominican, you're black. 
Yeah. Because it's so there's so much truth in that. Mm-hmm. But he happens to be one of the Dominicans that's, that's uh, European. That's European. Or her has white heritage, I should say. Yes. Yes. And that's the only reason why I picked up the whole race and ethnicity thing because it is still a problem that people don't know the difference and that's okay because they never really taught us to know the difference and that and that was for a reason just quick context she's dominican but she's also white and she made a song saying yellow bone is what he want i don't know what the name of the song is that's just the chorus and that's what she keeps singing I think that's the song I really that is think the, that's, that's the name of the song i think it's called yellow bone is what he wants i don't think it's anything else <laughs> So she made that song and she bragged on it and she defended it for weeks before she finally put out this pitiful apology online on her Instagram. And she was basically trying to throw shots at the baby's baby mother. And, you know, I mean, no, she wasn't throwing shots at his daughter, but the message that she was sending off is that he doesn't want anything to do with you because you're black, you're a dark skinned black girl or you're just black in general. He wants nothing to do with you. It's just hilarious because in that same context, she's using a term used for lighter skinned black woman, which she's not. She was using yellow bone, which in the black community, that means a lighter skinned black woman. So it's a colorist term is what it is. It is. It's, it's a color. Yeah. The song is. is called yellow bone. It's, it's offensive. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's something you never want to be called. Even if, right. even if by uh, some twisted objective definition, that's what you fit for the category that black people have decided mm-hmm. to separate us on she decided to take that term, title it to a song, and talk about something as if, as <laughs> if in some parallel universe, yeah. lighter skinned black women have been the butt of a joke or have been the oppressed or have been, when history has shown anything but that, that there is still privilege within melanin. Right. No, And no one's hating on lighter skinned black women especially right now there's a lot more unity that people are calling this stuff out anyway mm-hmm. so as long as you aren't being ignorant and choosing to be divisive you can be a lighter skinned woman and live in your best life you know right i never in my life could ever hear myself calling myself yellow bone or anything and i know my yeah. complexion's lighter i understand that there's different shades in my family too like my mom my sister my brother we're all different shades of, of brown but i would mm-hmm. never call myself yellow bone i grew up being called yellow girl i didn't like mm-hmm. it i oh i hated the term so much it freaked me out to be called something when i didn't believe it to be truthful but i was a child i was hearing it all the time and then to see that song come out i i laughed because i thought it was a joke i didn't think she was serious but mm-hmm. then she said what did she say corinne like she has some statement to say about it that i was like oh okay she Are said that she said that she wasn't trying to she was trying to uplift all women who looked like her in the sense of like she's saying like it was supposed to be like <laughs> she's trying to compare it to brown skin girl made by beyonce and she was saying it was the similarities between that like just saying you know just a, a song for baddies to like jam out to but like what she don't understand is that she wasn't saying it like oh you're beautiful too she was saying it like oh you're better than everybody that that's what the notion of the song was it had nothing to do with like right. trying to gain confidence that wasn't the energy that's weird I'm, i was just i would say that I don't know if this is true, but I think brown skin girl is supposed to be the umbrella term for melanin in the case of like black women. It's it's really brown skin and darker skin women who have been the ones who have been discounted, discredited, given scraps, seen as an option or not at all, slim pickings for no real justifiable reason Mm -hmm. because we beautiful in every shade. But brown skin girl to me is all the colors of all the beautiful shades of melon that we come in. So when that song came out, it didn't matter if he was almost as light as someone like Danny Lee, Mm -hmm. or if you were much, much darker skin, the song was for you to celebrate and uplift you and empower you to feel good, no matter what shade. So when you hear the word yellow bone, it, takes a spectrum of of melanin and plucks out a section of DNA that looks only this color. And then to say, this is what he wants is to say, he don't want y'all, he likes me. Mm -hmm. 
na 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 na. <laughs> That's how it came off. And then I think on top of that, nobody was fiending to be wanted by anybody. Right. I think nobody was. I'm sure people loved the baby. He's handsome. He's funny, mm -hmm. makes great music. I don't know a thing about his personality, mm -hmm. really. You know, I only know what the what the internet shows us. But like when it comes to what he wants, I, I don't think a lot of people were concerned. And then when she said that so confidently, it makes you question: Are you sure? Because suddenly <laughs> that you're saying it so so confidently. Let me find out. Like, I think it makes people wake up and say, um, okay, so you woke up and chose violence today. Mm -hmm. This is what this is a conversation you want to have because weren't we all just minding our business on Twitter and then this happened? Yeah, it just happened out of nowhere. And it's funny enough, to be honest with y'all, to end the discourse about this. I mean, it ended a while ago, but then the discourse about this, he ended up breaking up with her like weeks later. So it didn't even matter. Um, he went back to his baby's mother and that was the end of that situation. And I, and she had nothing to <laughs> and say. And it was like, she spoke way too soon. She was just so happy. And I, I don't know what the uh, intention was because I don't even see it as uplifting for light-skinned girls. Mm -mm. I mean- It was just distasteful, that's all. As someone who's lighter skin, I didn't feel empowered. When I heard that song, I turned that thing off. I heard a snippet because I was trying to make out what she was saying. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, this is not empowering. I never, I I fight my whole life to be black and to be proud and to stand in all of what it is every day to say I'm a black woman, my skin's brown, like all this stuff. So to hear a song that brings me back to childhood where I felt different is weird. We be fighting every day to be loved for who we are, not the shade of our skin. So when you mm -hmm. make a song that is not embracing the color of our skin, but dividing us about our skin, it's weird. Yeah. It kind of leads me to the next two relationships that I noticed online and pop culture and stuff. And then I promise we done with the celebrities. Oh, wait, actually, before you say that, I was going to yeah. say when you talked about toxicity in relationships, there are black men who do like yellow boned women. Yes. And it's like this song like this only um, enables those types of conversations. And also it makes it OK for them to say the things that they say that's already ignorant. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I like light-skinned girls because she's like, oh, she's blazing or she's mixed. I like I like mm -hmm. my girl to look ambiguous, look exotic, look foreign. If songs like that cause these arguments and we shouldn't have to be competing with anybody. Yeah, it's know? like a fetishization type like, thing. It's like, I'm not going to apologize for being darker skinned. I'm not going to apologize for being a, a, a brown skinned girl. Like if, if whoever's listening to the song that's not yellow bone, they shouldn't have to feel, oh man, <laughs> he don't like me because I got melanin, damn it. You know, no one's going to, I know I'm not going to blink an eye. Mm -hmm. So, so I think I wanted to say to her, "Good for you. You thought you was doing something, mm -hmm. but the truth is that you were upset that you were not being praised and milking all of your privilege that you have for the skin tone that you just so happen to be born with. Because you and God knows, if you were born on the other side of the melanin spectrum, you probably wouldn't be sitting there saying all that. Mm -hmm. You'd be feeling the crushing weight of misogyny." and colorism that has its hands deep crushing all of us right now. Mm -hmm. She's being out of touch and ignorant to it because she's choosing to be. And it's sad. Yeah. But that was my, my little two cents. No, thank you for that. I did, no, I was just thinking about like the, mm -hmm. the different pop culture relationships that I've seen like so far in the, in the black community. Like if you're really familiar with like black mm -hmm. pop culture, then this is not something new like you've been seeing this but i just wanted to bring it up because it is a very big thing in toxicity in a relationship because even though they might have not had like a physically toxic relationship the the whole idea that their relationship was based off from her perspective based off how pretty and light-skinned you know she was it's right then where's the rest of the personality exactly. where's everything else like oh i like you because of your skin tone well, yeah, well what else <laughs> that's where the toxic traits come in and you know y'all have to know like toxic isn't just like oh like y'all argue every day like toxic can just be like the reason why you might be together it might not even be something based off of like i genuinely love this person from the inside out but it's like 
the only reason why I am with this person is because of how they look. I noticed that everybody was really for, especially black men, they were really for Sweetie and Quavo's relationship. But as it started to get a little sour, I noticed black men had very interesting things to say about mm-hmm. Sweetie in general. The whole idea of the stereotype about being like the Jezebel tree. And it showed a lot on the podcast that she was on and the whole blow up a reason, like when she was on the Hold podcast on. with her ex. Corinne. Yeah. Please educate us. What is the Jezebel trait? So Jezebel is a term that was used for black women who's like the lighter skin, more dainty, small, petite, and she's kind of like really overly sexual. And, Mm -hmm. you know, she's kind of like the seductress in some type of way in the black community. And it was a stereotype that was used, of course, from slavery. Right. A lot of those women were seen as nothing more but using their bodies as to get what they want and to get higher up in life and it's still being used today like they might not necessarily (laughs) overtly call you like you jezebel like they're not gonna say that but like like, but you know it's it's, today oh my god (laughs) you know like they don't say it like that no more but that's the that's the notion that's the um the energy so that's what jezebel means if anybody Mm -hmm. doesn't know and also you can look it up as j E-Z-E-B-E-L. So you're saying in this case, what you're about to discuss is toxic men, toxic black men are Mm -hmm. putting our wonderful sweetie into the Jezebel box and starting to paint this narrative about her character, of who she is. Yes, because in that interview that she did with her ex, I forgot his name. That show you know? respectfully with yes. Justin Love, Justin mm-hmm. Loboy or Justin La something or other. Yeah, and, and Justin uh, Combs. Mm-hmm. So and they, ex and her, um, I don't know what you call a boy. He just desperate much. <laughs> That's what he is. I don't care if he ever hears this because <laughs> I watched that video and I just like, the questions they were asking her were just ridiculous. Like when they asked her, like, would you ever, you know, would you and Quavo ever do like a threesome? And she was sarcastically, <laughs> if you watched it. <laughs> any 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 woman who watched that who had some sense knew what she was saying. Exactly. They saw that and they were like, and she said, she was like, yeah, but I'll let him pick the man though. And they all <laughs> did this like- And that's this, still funny. You know, and they all start running and screaming like, oh, she said she would let a train run on her. When did she say that shit? God, she obviously- so calculated. <laughs> like, no, they all got their feelings hurt because of the ego thing as well. I just had a conversation with a good friend of mine about this. They were questioning me and why I felt that it was justified, like why she said what she said. And I was like, if you know anything about someone like Saweetie, she gonna tell you how she feels. If your mm-hmm. little bird chest feelings get hurt, that's your problem. <laughs> so it was, yes, there was a lot of like guys deciding to spin the story because when they don't like, when they're toxic, when, when they don't like the fact that the conversation isn't going to suit their stupid calculated agenda, they will quickly do anything and everything to push you down to, to paint you as a whore. Mm-hmm. And it's hilarious because not the whore part, but what the hilarious thing is how on the other end of that, it's because their soul was just crushed. And that's how yeah. they retaliate because they don't know how to just let someone have their opinion and not make it about themselves. And they don't know how to respect women, specifically right. black women. Like we really out here by ourselves. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's frustrating to say the least because I mean, they, a lot of men said that the reason why they broke up is like, oh, well, she did say she wanted a train ran on her. You were, you're what getting- a woman the wakes up and says, babe, you know what would be really fun today? Like, <laughs> who says that? And they took it out of context because they were trying to find a reason to blame her instead of Quavo. And I found that very, Mm -hmm. very interesting. Now, now I'm not going to get into the whole discourse about people saying like, you know, men are just secretly, (laughs) men are secretly gay. That's why they do that. But that's not, I don't think that's it. I feel like that's just, (laughs) but I noticed that's a lot of people's responses because they are talking out of a place of anger. I think a lot of men are like you said their egos are hurt and they're trying to find a reason not to make it not to just say like oh okay yeah he was wrong for doing that i think that's just hard to kind of see where he could have been 
wrong in the sense of he was literally cheating on her in front of her face. Kind of moving on from like the, the celebrities and stuff, I wanted to talk about like the last few points in toxic relationships. And I also wanted to ask you questions about this too, Tavi. With interracial relationships, I feel like not only just black men can be misogynistic towards black women, I feel like this can happen from other races too. It's not just black men, mm -hmm. like with a white man, with an Asian man. I feel like in some way fetishization is being misogynistic, fetishizing right. them. I think so. I think it's a form of violence, to be honest. Yeah, it kind of is because it's one thing to think of someone as a beautiful human being, but also, you know, but you're doing it from a place of like- Possession. Like, you know, yeah, possession and talking about me as if, not if like- An I'm objectification. Person, but yeah, like an object, like I'm, I'm, a, I'm a food. I hate being described as food. I feel like that's so, I, that's just- My weird. little mocha honey caramel uh, queen. Mm -mm. But it's like when it's coming from some <laughs> guy it's uh always divisive but when we're uplifting each other when we have to find these attributes or these ways to describe ourselves we start pulling in that direction but it, i mean it's, it's a fine line between creepy and acceptable yes and my question i wanted to ask is where does that divide come from like because i just mentioned the whole food thing why because like when a black man calls us like you know our little chocolate goddess it's not as creepy when someone else of a different race does it like, where does that divide come from, do you think? I think it's because it removes the humanistic side of who we are. I mean, it, it depends on the intentions of the person. Like, uh, let's say a white guy is calling you that. Of course, it's immediately creepy because at any given point, you always can realize you are the descendant of so many generations and your ancestors were most likely uh, slave owners and mm -hmm colonizers and for what they did to black people, what they did to black humans. I don't want to say slaves. What they did to enslaved peoples is mm -hmm. the proper way to say. A guy looking at you and calling you my chocolate something or other, it, it's it's uh, unnerving because it's like, oh my God, am I a human or am I a food to you? Mm -hmm. And I don't want to be less than human. I don't want you to devalue me because then I exist for your enjoyment only and not my own. Right. If there's nothing empowering about being a caramel lollipop, <laughs> I, I don't know. I just don't, I don't see, uh, I'll say it this way. More, most of the time until I'm proven wrong, mm -hmm. when I hear a man black or, or, or most likely non-black man talking about the color of my skin in a way that's anything but respectful. And he's talking about my skin anyway, in the first place, it's gonna make me feel uncomfortable because of where it comes from. And that should go without saying, because we already know what why we're here. We all know how we ended up all in our, like we know what what's really the truth, you know? Mm -hmm. Racism, we all get it. I agree. I feel like that divide comes from, <laughs> like you said, slavery and plus. And ignorance. That whole idea that they think that they're complimenting you when they're really just being nasty. Yeah. And it's like, and it doesn't feel the same as if like, like, you know, like if I were to say that to you, Tavi, I don't think you would feel as like taken aback as if someone like some random no, not at all. reason why it's creepy is because there has been, it's, it's a history thing and it's so weird because everything like, because of the past of other things, it makes this one thing really, like just really insanely creepy. Like there's, I'm, I'm not sure, but I know that I've seen certain facts in the past. I've known that some slave owners used to eat their slaves yeah, and, like the Portuguese. Yeah, and it was just, it was cannibalism pretty it's much. It's like going to um, the bakery and say, oh, I want that one. That's the yeah. idea that it, it makes me feel like I'm on a platter and it's weird. Mm -hmm. And that's why I think that creepiness comes from when other races do that. And, you know, I'm not really sure where the creepiness comes from when a person who is Asian does it, because I feel like... Mm -hmm. I, f I don't know. I just feel like the whole opposition race thing, to be honest, like at the end, I'm going to like reveal why I think all of this is happening. It's just going to be one little layman term, like, you know, but, <laughs> but yeah, it just feels wrong and it doesn't feel empowering. It just feels creepy. 
the whole key to what black love is what love is period just being able to just genuinely see that person for who they are on the inside and out and as corny as it may sound that's very true if you're able to see past what a person looks like like if what if because if what they look like does not matter to you and you're able to honestly love who they are as a person i feel like that's where that comes from and yes hey, looks are a plus you, you can you love who you with. love if you happen to be a black woman and your boyfriend happens to either be lighter than you and, right. he has, and you love his eyes and you love his hair you love who he is but you found love with who he was but he just so happened to not look like you that's your business but you should be able to test yourself out i say for any person out there in a relationship who is with someone who doesn't look like them, any person, close your eyes and ask yourself if this person look like and think of a different race, think of a different ethnicity, different language. If they look like this, but we're still this way, like mannerisms, behavior, patterns, flaws and all, if they still were this way, but then look this way, would you still love them? Mm -hmm. And even ask yourself, they didn't look like any of that and was missing limbs. Would you still love them? Right. Well, then that's how you know, because you want a soul connection anyway. Mm -hmm. And I know that's not what today's topic is about, but I even will question myself. Like if this person came to me in this personality in this form, but look different, will I still accept them as the man that I love? I have to ask myself this question too. It's how you keep yourself in check and know that your your feelings for them is genuine and it's not at any in any way influenced by the environment that you exist in or the opinions of others. I agree. So having that soul connection is very important. The next one is the support of different stereotypes involving black women. I listed a couple of stereotypes here. First, it was the Jezebel, which I mentioned in the previous topic. And then the second was, was the Mammy. The Mammy stereotype is basically like the humble black woman. Like she's always there to help somebody. You mm -hmm. know, she's always like a mother type figure. She never has, for some reason, she never has time for herself. She's always available for anybody around her and she's never really seen in a relationship she's just kind of very independent and they describe very, her as asexual yes asexual like she just right. doesn't find love and that's basically mammy trope i feel like the mammy trope is displayed a lot and it still is in media like with anything like there's always that supportive black friend or like you know that black woman that gives you like never has a boyfriend but will do yeah. everything for you yeah and like this like this humble black woman that comes out of nowhere and gives like the main character advice like you know that whole <laughs> <laughs> like you and know she, it's like and if she was in love her husband is already dead or something mm -hmm. yeah like the love is gone or some shit and like the last one is sapphire which is new to me because i had to kind of do my little research on that one mm -hmm. um sapphire is the angry black woman i didn't even know that that was a they used that's that a pretty ass name for something so okay. tragic i was like damn this is kind of pretty but like <laughs> i don't want to be sapphire though <laughs> but it's the angry black woman like she's always because oh, sapphire is red i believe mm-hmm Oh, She's no, sapphire is blue. I mean, blue could be associated with fire if it's hot enough. Oh, yeah, because blue is the warmest color. I mean, no pun intended with the movie. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, because blue technically is the hottest fire. And sapphire is basically the angry black woman. She is mm -hmm. independent as well, but she's independent in a different way, meaning like she doesn't want a man, meaning like she's very aggressive and how she's kind of mm -hmm. by her own. And, you know, she doesn't need help. She's very cold and stuff to people, meaning like she doesn't really have a lot of people around her. And that's the trope of Sapphire, which is basically the angry black woman, if y'all didn't know. So those were the three that kind of caught my attention. And it was just interesting because through watching different like video essay YouTubers who talk about topics like this, I noticed that black men do help perpetuate these stereotypes and the way that like, you know, oh, like yeah. you mentioned earlier, like with black women in luxury, saying like oh you know i bet you she wouldn't do that for her boyfriend this one girl she took a picture of herself at an airbnb somewhere really nice she bought herself roses and like set up breakfast for herself she was just spoiling herself because she said she needed the break the mental mm -hmm. break she bought a tripod and took pictures of herself in the bed 
and then somebody was like, oh, always capping, like, who took the picture? She was like, I bought a tripod. She was like, damn, I really gotta explain. Like, you know, the fact that she had to explain herself is just- We shouldn't have to explain anything though. Exactly. She literally was just, she just wanted to take cute ass pictures and post about it and just, you know, and be comfortable in that. Like that just seems to be just the ongoing theme. And then like the Jezebel thing with Sweetie and like even just not just Sweetie, there's other women who once the girl leaves the guy, if the girl is leaving the guy, it's always a sense of, oh, she was just using him or whatever. Like she wasn't really like, you know, in love with him. She was just getting what she wanted. Usually the mammy is depicted as ambiguously black. Like you can tell this woman is black. She usually has wide features, wide nose, rounder face, and she mm-hmm. just looks really welcoming. So a lot of men kind of like shy away or like talk down on women who do look in that respect. It's kind of disheartening because a lot of these men have mothers and grandmothers and aunts and well, shit that look, that look exactly like that. But then they say these demeaning, horrible things because someone has told them that that's not beautiful. I don't know where it comes from and just be developing. Sometimes so. I think they just look at their mother and just grow hateful. Like, I don't even know if they see the way that their mom was or something and they blame all women. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be honest, let's talk about it without getting into details. Mental health is real thing not all of us are able to raise our kids in the best way i don't say we like as if i have kids but like (laughs) not everybody was raised in a way that was adequate and so it does breed these nasty mindsets sometimes but just because you had an experience that you know regrettably broke you Mm -hmm. does not give you the right to hate all that you are right and disrespect yeah and it is I, I completely understand that that like sometimes there are women who can't fully take care of their children or they can't fully be there for their children because life happens. Yes, that can cause you to look at a person with such hate and discernment in your heart because your life could have been better if they were a little bit more in it. But there are some men who I know who do have their mothers in their lives and it's not really Mm -hmm. a bad relationship, but they tend to have the same ideals. So that's why I kind of- get like that, it's weird. I also want to talk about how those stereotypes you mentioned imprison us. So it's, it's nice that you brought them up, but now to see how they are weaponized as a way to control us and to keep us oppressed in society. It leaves us broken in so many ways, mentally, physically, you know. It's led us to make drastic changes to our, our physical appearances and it has caused us to adjust the way that we speak on other women because mm-hmm. of what we've experienced, which we'll talk more about a little later. Obviously the most Jezebel trope, Blackburn Center does kind of give a little bit of a history of where that word came from. It does originate with the enslaved peoples, how mm-hmm. European travelers went to Africa. They were describing the African women that were brought over here to the state. Slave owners would justify raping us because yeah. they would claim that we had an insatiable appetite for sex. Mm-hmm. That just wasn't within skin tone. That was across the board. Because of those historically inaccurate and offensive decisions, unjust tragedies that happened onto us, it only filtered out and trickled down into this innate, ignorant assumption that, especially for white men to looking at black women, but mostly men in general, especially black men, looking at black women as if that's really still the truth. Mm-hmm. No, just what, what, why do you guys think that about us? We shouldn't be able to be married to this term, Jezebel. It should never have existed. And then with the term mammy, it's more ageist than anything. And then when we talk about that sapphire thing, it literally restrains all of our emotions and energies and our abilities to express the same pains that were expressed that white people, white women express and Hispanic women and Asian women are able to express and be taken seriously. It's why we, when we get mad, no one wants to hear us and we're afraid of being called those things. Mm-hmm. We shut up. And we yeah. just boil in our anger and our pain for decades, not not days, months, decades. So then when we get in our 20s and we start shouting at the top of our lungs about everything hurts, not just physically, but this hurts my soul. People are just like, aha, I knew it. it sucks, man. To embrace the fact that we're humans 
that we're allowed to be upset is often to accept the narrative that they're going to paint about us anyway. Ah, she's just another angry black woman. Don't listen to her. Then some of us decide to take on the term and become the villains. Like, okay, fine, fuck it then. I'm going to be her. Mm -hmm. So that's what it's doing. It's really, really toxic. I can speak from like personal experience. I am a very laid back. Like if anybody has met me in person, I'm very reserved, kind of shy too. Well, not kind of shy, I'm shy. So it takes me a long time to kind of open up to people and I've noticed one of two things. First thing, I noticed that because of who I look like, I'm 5'9", I'm a little bit chunkier, and I'm brown skin. I'm not really sure what to say on the spectrum. I know I'm brown, I just don't know how the shades work. I'm brown. I noticed that the first thing people assume about me is that I'm supposed to be this loud, aggressive, kind of like caricature of what they think I am because of how I look. It's annoying and it makes me kind of sad in the way I'm such a gentle person. And people actually, when they see how gentle you are, especially being a black woman and looking how I look, they try to find ways to irritate you. So real quick, this isn't something I wanted to spend too much time on because it's already sort of self-explanatory at this point, but it does fall under the umbrella of what massage noir is because Black women are victims of this tenfold. So another area of focus, healthcare that has to do with our pain tolerance, which I touched on a bit earlier, sexism in our doctors, and the high mortality rates among Black women. Now, this is not a situation where Black men against us, but us Black women being victims of this system. I, I saw this like on TikTok or something. You know, a lot of TikTokers like to have little history lessons, so it was very anecdotal. There was a time where the enslaved Black women were toiling the fields, were outside working, and white women at the time, wives of the slave owners, masters were confused as to how those women could be outside working when they're women themselves and at this time they weren't allowed to do their own labor you know to work in order to convince white women who decided to be blissfully ignorant and oblivious and unaware of the circumstances they decided to lie and convince everyone that black women were basically like men. They try to convince them that they're less feminine, more masculine like the men so they can work the field. Mm -hmm. And once they heard that, the white women were like, okay, makes sense. Because <laughs> for some reason, with your own eyes, you can look at somebody who has the same parts as you, but a different shade of skin tone. But as soon as you find out, oh no, they're, they're actually more like men, it's okay. Then you just accept it. Okay, so then take that, meaning if they're just like the men, or they can take the pain that the men can take. They can be beaten and cut up and, and mutilated like the men. Right. They can be hung like the men. Then how do you expect us 400 plus years to be seen as women? So when a black woman says, oh my God, I can't breathe. Oh my God, my stomach hurts, my heart, my chest. You're fine. And the next thing you know, we have all these women dying in childbirth who were not properly advocated for because the medical system was not built to protect us. We were used to build the medical system. There's no standards of tests that help us. And then when it comes to us having babies, why are we dying at such higher rates? Mm -hmm. Why the doctors assume that when we have pains that we're making it up? Right. Why do they think inappropriately of us when certain things happen? Like our pain is not as severe as the white girl next to us. Mm. You know, it's horrible. For the last topic we have was the transgender community. I follow this YouTuber called Cat Black and she's a transgender woman. She's a black transgender woman. She posted a video recently talking about misogynoir in the transgender community where this other black transgender woman was kind of going into real detail about black women getting upset or are jealous of transgender women. Mm -hmm. And her responses to that were very interesting. Before I even say anything, I'm gonna, do you have any thoughts, Tavi? Because you told me you just- Yeah, watched. I, watched, I watched the whole video. Mm -hmm. One, I was very surprised to see that there's black transgender women who are misogynistic towards black women. That was very shocking for me. That yeah. was very shocking because, you know, I'm always spending so much time on TikTok and most of the time 
I follow a lot of different uh, types of people in the world. I follow a lot of trans women who just so happen to be black. And I'm so, so supportive of their journey. I just love them for who they are. I've never once felt any type of envy or any type of hatred towards who they are. To see on the flip side, someone who is trans, who is black, who is identifies as a woman, to, to just spew so much hatred towards cisgendered black women was it didn't hurt my feelings because I was like, okay, I'm refusing to be affected by this. But also it was like ignorant to me because it's like, wow, I didn't know y'all felt this way. But then again, there's black women who are very aggressively upset at the fact that there are men who apparently are in one way had always identified as say straight black men, Mm -hmm. but they are openly engaging in intimate acts or having sex. I don't really know what was going on. I think he was an adult entertainment star Mm -hmm. uh, with trans women. And I say to that, that's your business. Right. Doesn't make me less of a woman. Doesn't make you even, doesn't make you better than me. That's just your experience and your situation. But for this transgendered woman to get on, on the internet and then help perpetuate some of the nasty rhetoric that a lot of black men, ignorant black men, self-hating black men have already been preaching to us. It's like, I can tell it, okay, that's how you feel about yourself. Yeah. And then two, it's like, it's so unfair. Why do you have to contribute to that? You don't, you don't look any better. It's almost like when there's those white girls that only date black guys say stuff like, oh, he likes me because I'm white and I have blonde hair and blue eyes. And mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what it all reminded me of. And I was like, don't do that. Right. Love yourself. Don't do that. I was taken aback, like you were saying, and I think I was kind of like, it also comes from a space of a lot of cisgender black women who don't consider transgender women women. And I've seen this right. discourse a lot where it's I've like- seen those arguments too. Mm-hmm. where it's like you don't see them as women and I even catch myself doing because I do it to clarify so right. like when I'm saying transgender woman I'm just saying as to kind of build context as to what I'm talking about does that make her any less of a woman no because then you have to ask yourself the question well what does it mean to really be a woman but when she does that you're doing the opposite of what you essentially stand for you want right. to be it's part yeah and and Kat Black she mentioned this she was saying like you want to be a part of this group of, of black women, but talking down on them does not make you more a part of their group. It actually puts you against them even more. So we end up solving nothing. There was this odd moment where I don't think she was explicitly doing that. I don't know the name of the uh, woman. Her name was like, what, Naomi or something? She was praising things about herself that I'm going to say maybe, let's just say black women wouldn't necessarily be able to do. If you are a transgendered male to female, and let's say you didn't have a bottom surgery and there was just certain parts of you that your anatomy that just was still there and that's something that the man that you're sleeping with is still liked about you but also he enjoys the fact that you look visibly like a woman and you mm-hmm. identify as a woman and whatever. And then using that as a way to say that you're better than a woman that's born anatomically female and identifies as such and as black, it's weird to me because why are you praising the parts of you that for lack of a better word, like wouldn't make you a woman if that's what you want to call yourself and then you hate us, but then you hate yourself. Yeah. And, and honestly, no one did anything. I could see why she clapped back though, because there was black women that's like, oh, you've taken all our men. I see her right to defend herself. Mm-hmm. And she started defending herself and then she lost me because I thought she was going to say something more uplifting. But in order for you to defend yourself, if it involves putting down someone else, well, then you're doing a poor job of it. I thought she was going to say something like she's loving and there for him became more about, um, I can do stuff that you guys can't do and I look this way and he likes this. Okay, why are you generalizing against black women? Because I could tell you right now, there's billions of us and we don't all feel this way about you. Mm -hmm. And we don't all feel this way about the guy that you're sleeping with. And some of us don't care at all. (laughs) So, you know, it's like, who is she talking to? 
And what, what is your agenda? Because now you're looking silly. I feel bad because I think that comes from, well, let me defend myself before they start talking about me. Defense mode. So I understood why she was doing that, but it still hurt to hear. I was like, eesh, girl, you all right? Yeah. And shout out to Cat Black for addressing this because I don't think I've really heard about the massage noir that exists within the trans community because it's rampant, you know, and it's, it's very mm-hmm. ugly. To kind of like tie everything all together, because this was a very lengthy episode. We were both asking, where does this come from? And my central answer is this one simple term of white supremacy. Most of the things that is happening now is from white supremacy. Honestly, the only people who can dismantle white supremacy is white people. It sounds insane, but it's true because they're the ones who start no, it. it's absolutely true. It's absolutely possible, but they don't want to. They don't want to. That's why we're in this predicament that we're in now. I think that's why it's so important that we do have people who aren't of color being a part of the movements so far as like Black Lives Matter and even as recently like with Asian lives being threatened and being um, discriminated against. Definitely. You know, having that other group that isn't marginalized does help. I'm not saying, oh, it's bad if you're a black guy with a white girlfriend. You'll never hear me say that at all. And I, I never will say that ever. My whole thing is the massage noir has to stop. It's unnecessary. The violence against Black women in in all areas needs to stop. We're not just talking about it to say, oh, this sucks. Like, no, we're here to say, like, we don't like it. It hurts. It's not fair. Mm -hmm. And it goes for anyone who thinks that it's okay to keep this continuing. We have to stop hurting ourselves, harming others, and disrespecting ourselves and get back to what the real problem is. Instead of using our words to hurt others to put ourselves up, we need to be finding ways to heal each other. It sucks, you know? Every single day is another opportunity to stop it. All the stuff we talked about, especially within the pop culture, is just a symptom of what's going on in society in a larger way. It's just we like to look at celebs as the focal point of our discussion not us personally i just i say that in a general sense the best way to to solve it is to cut it out this is misogyny this is violence against black women to talk to the trans community those who feel the same way that that one trans woman felt about herself compared to black women if they're similar group think in that regard that needs to stop but we also need to understand that we have to stop letting black men get away with this behavior with the toxicity and we have to stop as black women, I don't want to generalize, but this type of black women stop being pick me's where we want someone to like us so bad that we're willing to disrespect ourselves and throw other women under the bus so that we somehow look more desirable. And we know that we don't have to do all of that. Also to the women who are unafraid and unapologetic and can afford to spoil themselves rotten and take themselves on these nice cruises and vacations and do everything for themselves, keep being independent, you know? And if you get angry, if you get mad, be mad. That's your choice. That's my closing remarks on this whole massage noir thing for today. Mm-hmm. I think that concludes today's episode. Thank you, Corinne. I really enjoyed today's topic. Yeah, me too. Corinne and I would like to thank all of you for listening to our entire second season and seeing all the growth that's happening and all the support that we're getting. But this is our final episode for this season and I can't believe we just wrapped, but yeah, this is it. How do you feel? I feel really good about it. This season was really strong. Right, I agree. Yeah. Yeah, I've enjoyed this entire season and it was definitely a lot to record all of those episodes, but they're so worth it. And we love that you guys love what we're talking about and we're going to keep bringing you guys amazing content. So stay tuned for any updates that we have for future episodes, even though we will be working on another season, on our third season at some point, we might drop other episodes here and there. So we're not going away. This is just to wrap season two. Thank you guys so much for listening. 